Dear listener, this episode was recorded during the height of the COVID-19 lockdowns in Metro Manila in the Philippines and in Newcastle, Australia in the middle of 2021. So you will hear references to the strict limitations on outdoor movements from the participants. Thank you and please enjoy the program. We will, we will unshock you. This is Unshocked. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Unshocked. My name is Reggie, and today we are going to peel back the layers of obscurity surrounding cultures from different places. We're gonna counter culture shock. We're going to make people understand that we can actually live together even with our differences. And for this episode, I have with me, as always, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Reggie. Good to be back <laughs> how again. Are you? Yeah, how are you? Um, I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> We're in lockdown again here in Newcastle, Australia. Uh, I'm, you know, coping quite well. Uh, because I, I work in disabilities, I can still drive around and work with my clients. So I've got a fair bit more freedom than probably a lot of people have. So I'm doing pretty well. You're the one who's go doing the rounds, going to different uh, Yeah, patients. going to different so. people's houses to, you know, help them, people with disabilities. So, And yeah, Nathan, I would like to also introduce you to our good friend, uh, Sir George Bonifacio. Hello, Sir George. Hello. Nice, Hello. nice to meet you, George. Hi, Nathan. Nice to meet you also. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> George is a restaurateur, you could say. Okay. Am I right, George? You yes. Uh... Yes, I am. A, I am a rest. Uh, I don't know if I can call myself a restaurateur. Yeah. I only have like... Uh, one restaurant, but uh, fortunately for us that we're so blessed to have uh, three branches all over Metro Manila. Okay. So, I still think that's, that, that's you know, I think that's, uh, you can call yourself a restaurateur. George is also half Vietnamese. Uh, George actually owns Cafe Saigon in, yes. in Metro Manila. It's a very wonderful restaurant to anyone listening or viewing or watching us, you know. If you ever get a chance to visit uh, the Philippines and Manila, Metro Manila in particular, you know, we're we're gonna mention the link to his restaurant in the description. Even you, Nathan, if if you get the chance to come here, I'd love sample, to. Yeah, yeah, you sample <laughs> their dishes. It, it Definitely, I, I really like uh, the fresh spring rolls. The fresh, oh yes, oh, I really love. I really love how you did it. Yeah, come check out. Uh, you know their uh, the link. Uh, I posted on the description. Actually, my training, my training is a being a chef. Yeah. Yes, I've worked oh. in uh, Qatar for like almost fifteen years in the food and <laughs> F and B industry. Mm -hmm. I worked in uh, actually I worked in a hospital in Qatar. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, I was working at the dietetics department. So we were we we're in charge of. Uh, preparing uh, daily food for all the patients there in the hospital, especially the uh, elderly. So yes. I'm kind of familiar with the, their, their diets and uh, yep. what's their nutritional needs. Yes, very because important. Good I kind of imagine they're lucky to have had you for their chef. <laughs> doing all the times already. Yeah, well, yeah. we were in when when I was in Qatar and uh, I was working at Hamad Hospital. Uh, we closely worked with the nutritionists and the dietitians of the yep. of the elderly wards. So yeah, there. So uh, in my fifteen years as working in the dietetics department, I've learned a lot from our nutritionists and dietitians there in the hospital regarding uh, geriatric uh, food, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's where that's where I I had the privilege of uh, developing my skills for them. Yeah. Oh. Preparing it's, their meals. 
yep, as I said, it's a, it's a, uh, an important job. You know, I've um, spent five years working in uh, a little bit over five years actually working in the aged care industry. And mm-hmm. in the, the first um, aged care facility I worked in, I used to have to do some shifts in the kitchen. So, yeah, it's um, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only to fill in when somebody in in the kitchen wasn't available, so I, I would wow, I would do those shifts, but um, yeah, that's great. They're pretty stringent. Yeah, it's not an easy task actually. I mean, they're very sensitive to yep. infections. They're very sensitive to allergies. Yes. Yep. So we really had to be very careful preparing their meals. Both your experiences are an excellent introduction to our topic. So this is still our third episode. We're going to have to go with a pre-selected question. So to our viewers and our listeners, we're eventually going to take questions from all of you. But for the meantime, uh, let us listen to a question from my brother, actually, if you don't mind. Here we go. Three, two, one. Uh, hello there. Um, this is Ramil from the Philippines. I have two questions. The first one is, I'm curious about about the quality of care being given to the elderly in, uh, let's say, these nursing homes in the West. Because the only idea that uh, many of us who do not live uh, in the U.S. or in any other Western country is that the elderly there are not getting the proper quality care, maybe less so uh, when it comes to their emotional needs, maybe. I don't know about their physical and medical needs. But that's just the impression that uh, we over here usually get when we consume the picture that uh, Hollywood usually offers us when it comes to the quality of care for the elderly in these nursing homes. And my second question is, now this is something more, uh, more like a comparison of cultures, because, um, for example, in the Philippines, it's not very common for children to send off their elderly parents to a nursing home. In our culture, that is seen as something uncaring on the part of the children towards their parents. Does this mean that it's easier, at least in in the culture of the West, for the children to let their parents go and um, pass on the care of their parents to a place and, you know, people who are not uh, family? So that's it. Just two questions. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Thank you to my brother for that, uh, that fascinating, uh, question. Taking off from that, um, from that line of thought, uh, Nathan, I want to get it from you. You know, how easy it is for, uh, children in Western countries to, to live away from their elderly. How much truth is there in that impression? Can you confirm any of it? Or, or? Uh, I can. Um, you know, these, Facilities are, you know, designed to take care of people who have reached a stage where um, they're very difficult to look after. So, yeah. you know, and it's it's very, very difficult in particular for families to continue looking after them because of the stage of the, the progression of their, of their, you know, comorbidities and things that they've got due to their age, you know, particularly yeah. dementia and things like that and, Parkinson's and many other um, issues elderly people have, and like in in my opinion, in, incontinence actually. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, incontinence. You know, I mean, you know, it's like by the time people go into these facilities, um, they've reached a point where they could they can't look after themselves. Yeah, and you know, the the children can't really look after them either because you know they're at work. You can't leave your parents at home if they've got dementia. They'll wander around and it's it's actually quite dangerous they could you know hurt injure themselves because they can you know don't know where they are and things like that so 
it's kind of a, in some respects a last resort. Um, okay. okay yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, have, having said that, I mean, you, you talk a little bit in your, your brother's question also mentioned about it's easy for Westerners to put, put, um, our elderly in these facilities. Um, uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's easy. It's, it's actually, okay. a, it's yeah. really difficult to do that emotionally. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, a lot of children and I've, I've, seen this because I've dealt with a lot of the children uh, of elderly people I've looked after when they, they come and visit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do, they do experience a lot of guilt over, oh, over this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really common. And they demonstrate it in different ways. Sometimes they might be a bit upset about, you know, how we're looking after their, their, their mum or their dad or, you know, feel like we're not doing enough for them. A lot of that is just the, the guilt that they're feeling. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, uh-huh, it's something uh-huh. that, um, you know, Westerners spend a lot of time considering and, you know, looking over facilities. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, um, yeah, you know, your brother mentioned, you know, the impression Hollywood gives. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not a true impression of life. You know, we, we, um, <laughs> We don't just drop we don't just drop these people off and then uh, let them go. <laughs> drop them off at the front gate and never see them again. You know, it's yeah. like bye. You know, although that does happen on rare occasions. But um, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to our program. If you're enjoying our discussion so far, please do click, tap, or smash those like, follow, or subscribe buttons whichever may be at hand. We'd really love to hear from you, so send us an email or drop by our social media. All those links provided in the description. We've only just started getting everyone unshocked, so get ready. And now, back to our program. My brother was asking if it's true. There's an impression that Westerners, you can easily pass on the responsibility for caring for your parents or your elders to other people. So I mm-hmm. want to address a question to George. Um, can, can you mention a bit about that background of yours, George? Uh, you're half yeah. Filipino and half Vietnamese. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about that uh, aspect of uh, your identity, how you identify? Uh, well, actually, it's, there's, not, there's, not a lar- uh, there's not a big difference. Uh, when I came home, for good last 2018 mm-hmm. uh, we've been traveling back and forth to Vietnam because you know we have a Vietnamese restaurant so we would travel back home to to Ho Chi Minh City and get some, some so, you see, so you also call Ho Chi Minh City you know your home yes yes yeah, actually, you would also I, call I, that your home yes I do I do I mean every chance I get to travel back home I would. I would spend my vacations there. And because my mom has like nine brothers and sisters. So I have a lot of family there. And my okay. and my my grandmother is still alive. She's almost she's almost 95, I think. Uh, she's still there. She's pretty hardy, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So basically the from from my observation. Vietnam culture and the Philippines are almost the same. Almost the same. Yes, uh, we're very, we're very family oriented, very tight knit. They they really revere their elders and uh, the the people that they love who passed away, we, to the point that uh, they have they have pictures hanging on their walls of their uh, loved uh, ones who uh, passed, which. The Filipinos, we don't do that actually. Now, well, okay. some do, but not everybody. But for them, they have an altar because they're they're mostly Buddhist and mm-hmm. uh, and Taoist. So their religion is very centered on ancestors and the spirits oh, okay. of their ancestors. Yeah. Um, let me just return to your point. You you mentioned you know about family and one Vietnamese American writer actually mentioned let me just quote a little bit from his book entitled Sai Gone so Sai as in the breath you know you, the, an exhal, uh, uh, the exhalation you know the Sai and then Kama Gone yeah it's written by Phuc Tran 
uh, he grew up in the States and uh, he says, quote, My parents would sometimes tell us about the house in Saigon, a noisy, nosy, multi-generational household. My father never moved out of his parents' house. Uh, in Vietnam, children stayed in the house. Grandparents raised grandchildren while the parents worked or took care of household chores. When my aunt got married, her husband moved in. When my father married, my mother moved in. My great-grandmother, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, parents, and I lived in a white French colonial house. Yes. My father, the 23-year-old lawyer, his 22-year-old wife, and their firstborn son. Oh, and 12 other people. End quote. And he further... Uh, described the house as vivid and hot and crowded. So, I'm just going to be honest. Here in the Philippines, we're pretty much used to that description. It's, it's like normally you would grow up. Oh, well, at least in my generation, George, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm 40, 45, full disclosure. So, so when I grew up, I grew up in a house with other families uh, living with us. So aside from myself, my mom and my dad, I would have my aunt and my uncle and their kids. <laughs> and, you know, we, we would have breakfast together, eat together. Uh, that's just how it was way back in the 70s and the 80s. Yes. So, how about you, George? Can you confirm that that's, a yes. norm, that's normal for us? Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh I can totally confirm it, especially in Vietnam. I guess because uh, Vietnamese culture is more of a, what do you call this? Mat matri Matriarchal. You know, matriarchal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matriarch. The matriarch of the house is my grandmother. Uh -huh. And uh, whatever my grandmother says, that's the law. Wow. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. really. So, so, so it's, when it's my like grandmother... Her word is uncle, final. Her word yes, is fine. Not, not the father. I mean, the okay. our, my grandfather okay. was just on the okay. side. You know, all the decision making, all the all the things that uh, happens in the household is my grandmother's uh, my grandmother's word. So her okay. word is the law. Okay. So what happens is usually, especially when my when the only reason my mom got out is because my my father was a Filipino, uh, took her away from Vietnam because they got married. Uh -huh. So my my uncle, the the eldest son, when he got uh -huh. married, my grandmother didn't want him to leave. Oh, okay. She would say, okay. Yeah. Stay here. Uh -huh. Build the second floor. That's where your you and your oh, family okay. will live. So, so so it's it's really like this is a normal thing. This is that's how a normal. Yes, the neighbors that's, that's do normal, it too. That's a, that's a normal you know. thing in Vietnam. I mean, yeah. the women there, the women are the. The head of the household. The heads of the households, and yeah. So most of the time, of course, being mothers, you know, you won't you won't want your son going out or going okay. away when he gets uh -huh. married. So uh -huh. she would say, "Why go out? I mean, why 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 rent a why rent an apartment? Wow, okay. stay in my house. You know, you can renovate the second floor and save money for uh -huh. yes. a business." Yes. Uh -huh. So that's how uh -huh. their that's how their mind works. It's for uh, the benefit of the son also. I mean, he's gonna live rent free in the house, <laughs> and he can yeah, save true. more for the family. That's true, this isn't true. Yeah, so that's that's how the culture in the, the in Vietnam is, and uh, here in Manila, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah, more how about more dominant there in Vietnam. I mean, here in Manila, mm -hmm. here in the Philippines, uh, that's not the case. I mean, the fathers no, are uh, true. Yeah, that's true. The father would say, "When you get married, go out." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah in in the Philippines, there's a difference. Job. When you get yeah. married, the nuance. You know, yeah. yes. While you're in, while you're under my roof, you have to follow what you I have say. to follow the rules yes. of the house. <laughs> so most of the time, when when Filipino children get married and have their own family, 
they usually go away. They move out. Yeah, they yeah, move, move out. out. Yeah. But, you know, because of uh, financial or emotional ties to their parents, some True, cases, yeah. children don't do that. I mean, mm-hmm. and and parents really embrace this. When when a son says, Ma, when, when or son's... Pa, can I can, stay can here I... in the house? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why you, not? You can <laughs> enjoy your grandparent, uh, sorry, your yes. grandkids. It, when Eventually, I stay when here, you have grandchildren, or you have your your son or daughters gets children. I mean, the grandparents would would embrace it more. Right? I mean, okay. they'll be they'll they'll say that <laughs> oh, the house is uh, happy again because there's a new baby. There's a new baby, you know. So <laughs> Vietnam and the Filipinos are almost the same. Yeah, yeah. There's but a similarity. There, there's, there's a really, difference, but there's really a big similarity, and yeah. Yes, uh, the book, the book that you quoted, really, really gives uh, a clear picture of uh, Vietnamese culture regarding uh, parents and their sons and daughters, you know, living together. And uh, the houses in Vietnam doesn't go sideways; it goes, it goes <laughs> up. How many your children wow. is? How many families? Yeah. Each floor wow. has a family member. So wow, yeah, wow. the French quarters there, that's <laughs> true. I mean, my, my grandparents live in a French quarter and they have like four <laughs> floors. When we visit them, my uncles are there, my aunts are there, my cousins, you know, it's, and it's, it's great. I mean, being a, being a close-knit family is great. So I, 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 I really wanted, you know, to, to hear that from from you uh, george uh, it really yes yes uh, confirms, i can confirm i can definitely confirm that uh what's what he pictures in his book is uh is really really very accurate i mean that's how it is there <laughs> and, and, and actually he mentions that because he grew up in the u.s and it's really different mm. in the u.s which is why i want to ask nathan <laughs> how different is it over there and i want to ask you some more stuff yeah it's pretty different um okay it's uh obviously yeah australian and western culture in general is very individualistic so mm-hmm. we're all kind of i guess brought up with the idea that we just sort of make our own way in life and you know mm. Um, so the, the, the typical, um, idea yes, or, or, or life is that, you know, once, yeah. once you grow up, you, you leave home and, mm-hmm. you know, settle down and, um, you know, buy your own house and things like that. And then, yeah. you know, you yeah. might come back and visit your parents, of course, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of like you make your own way in the world. Um, it's becoming more and more common for um, Uh, adults to move back home with their parents. Um, Usually because usually it's a financial reason or maybe marriage or relationships have failed. And so it's usually coming home because of some sort of failure. (laughs) It's the reason why that (laughs) happens. It's not, it's not because you want to in some, in most respects, although, you know, (laughs) there are emotional ties. I mean, I'm living here. my parents as well um, <laughs> so, so you know and it's not because i'm divorced or anything i actually quite like living here so um okay. it's, it's it is sort of i guess more financial reasons but emotional ties as well um it's just um really good really good living here with my parents i you know we we get along we get along well and i have friends that are the same you know they're oh, okay, um, okay, okay. you know sort of around my age or a little bit younger and yeah they've um like we've all we've all moved out of home but Mm -hmm. we've we've come we've come back for various reasons Mm -hmm. and you know usually it's financial and you know we have just different goals in life and we just didn't settle down or meet partners or anything like that so so that's the reason so even though yeah it is it is common these days for you know adult children to live with their parents it's for different reasons than for yeah. <laughs> than, than um it is in, in you know, your country. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me just mention this. I just watched this wonderful movie. It's called Promising yeah. Young Woman. Yeah, the in, in the movie it uh shows the main character. She's a woman who's in mm. her thirties, I, I remember. And she still stays with her mother and father yes. mm-hmm. and she hasn't moved out. Uh, gotten a steady job or mm-hmm. hasn't even married yet mm-hmm. and 
in the middle of the movie, the mother and father sort of ask her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why she hasn't thought of moving out and establishing her own family. Mm-hmm. And there's a line there that says the neighbors are starting to whisper amongst themselves mm-hmm. about the main characters. Like she, yeah. she's really acting abnormally, and the parents are getting worried about their social standing mm-hmm. in in the mm-hmm. in the community because you know if the people next door to you, Nathan, started acting like the Vietnamese and everyone just stayed yeah. in that house, it's yeah. gonna be I admit. You know, it it would sound weird in your neighborhood. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to remember that Australia is very multicultural. So, uh-huh. you know, we get, you know, lots of Filipinos, lots of Vietnamese, yes, yes, and people yes. of Asian cultures live here. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I, I'm sure they, that, uh, you know, when, when they, you know, immigrate here or, um, you know, move here, that they would look at us and think that we're very strange and, <laughs> we sometimes think the same about them. So, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but yeah. you know, so, it's so wonderful mix actually. Because yeah, you get to see different uh, ways of uh, forming a household. You know, yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, it's just different it's, cultures, yeah. different strokes for different folks, as they say. Yeah. But yeah, it's sort of like that sort of thing. Parents wanting their children to move out for for uh, or because of their social yeah, yeah. standing or or yeah. or how they look to the neighbors. It's it's um it's I would say that's actually pretty rare. It probably does happen. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, it's that's but you know that's that's more a movie. Yeah, you, you yeah, said not, it's just a movie. It's not, it's not, yeah, exactly. It's in most in most reality. sort of Western in most typical Western families, um, that's that's not typical. No. Mm, okay. Okay. So I guess George, for us Asians. Mm. We we sort of have to cross a higher threshold before we think of uh handing over the responsibility of our elders because yeah. yep. because it's like they're they're with us for longer. That's that's yes. I mean, that, that's one thing. They're generally with us for longer and, and mm-hmm. like you said in your household in, in Vietnam, it's the grandmother who sorta of is the final word in the house and yeah. And losing her presence, it's like it's going to be a big vacuum in the household. Definitely. Definitely. George, you do live with your mom, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, you, yes, you uh, run the business together. I live in the house that I grew up here, uh, where I grew up with. This is where I grew, grew up in, in this house, which we turned into a restaurant. I'd like just to add that, you know, uh, being away from them for for almost 15 years, the reason oh, okay. why I came back, yeah. uh-huh. because I've been working in uh, abroad for a long time, uh-huh. is that, uh, I don't know, I really just miss them. We've been really, really close because we are uh, in our family here. We're only three. I'm the eldest mm-hmm. and I have two younger sisters. We grew up very, very close. and. Uh, most of my childhood, my, my dad was working abroad also. He's an OFW. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. For the benefit of the audience, an OFW is an overseas Filipino worker. Yes, so, uh, he's been, he was Filipino... an OFW for, the, for, the, for I think, yeah, around 20 to 25 years. Oh, so most of my childhood, time, he, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't see me grow up. Uh-huh. So when he retired, that's the only time that uh, we were able to reconnect and get to know each other, because oh. mo- most of my childhood he was away. Uh-huh. And uh, when when it was my turn to leave, because my wife and I were working abroad also, she oh, was so working in Qatar also, uh-huh. so we were working there for at least fifteen years. Uh-huh. So when we decided to come back for good, because. When we were there, I was developing this concept of the restaurant already here in Manila through oh, my okay. youngest sister. Uh-huh. So she got the ball rolling. We were we opened our, our our restaurant when I was in Qatar. Then when I came back, we were able to open our second branch in Antipolo. Uh-huh. And uh, because our restaurant is a commissary-based restaurant, all the preparation and the cooking is here in our main kitchen here in Marikina. Uh-huh. So me and my wife decided 
Uh, we we do have we do have a condo in uh, Quezon City, but uh, we we decided to rent it out because it was oh. uh, well, how, how how can I say it wasn't it wasn't practical to be traveling from from the restaurant and, location and then yes because to another especially resident. working in the commissary. I mean, there's long hours. I'd be working in the commissary until midnight or more, one to two a.m. in the morning sometimes. So. Yeah. It wasn't practical for us to be living in Quezon City. So we decided if we could live here. That's why that's why I'm still here and, uh, and you know uh, reconnecting with them. Yeah, you you, you reconnected with your parents, you know, after being away for so long. Yes. That's actually preferable because you're running everything together now with your parents. Yes. That's, that's yes. What I, so like as like uh, Nathan said, I mean, if you do have a good relationship with your your parents, I mean, yeah. it's not very hard. I mean, I, I think I think God had a had a purpose for me coming home here because uh, actually, my mom just uh, finished battling with cancer this year. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear. Yes, that. Yeah. she she, she battled cancer last year when the pandemic started. We we diagnosed her with the lymphoma. And uh, that's why a lot of friends told me that the decision to come home was, uh, I mean, it was God's plan. I it guess, was propitious. It was only right. Yes, auspicious. yes because uh, oh. we were able, me and my youngest sister was able to take care of the business and, yeah. and okay. at the same time, take care of her. Uh, and yeah. thank, God, <laughs> thank God and uh, praise God that, uh, yeah, that everything's uh, still going well. Uh, yes, after her sixth chemo, uh, she was uh, cleared by the doctor to be cancer-free now. Wow! Yes, oh, that sounds so wonderful. Yes, that's so. That's one of the reasons I think that I mean, God, God, gave everything just came to together now. That yes, definitely. And so that's one of my reasons. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody has, everybody has their own reason for staying at home. For me, it was it was practicality because it was more practical to run the business from our main main restaurant here in Marikina okay. rather than to travel Wonderful. every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it gets me a chance to to reconnect with my parents after fifteen years. So, because that was one of my biggest fear when I was working abroad was. I might not be able to see them. I mean, that's one of yeah, my greatest yeah. fears that they might die or pass away without me True. seeing them before they, them. that happens. So, I mean, the money was good working uh-huh. abroad. The money was good, but it's not all about the money. Eh? I mean, yeah, I'd rather be here than, you know, work abroad and and uh, not be seeing from- parents. I mean, that's my greatest fear that I might not see them or I might not be here for their for them. But Nathan, even if you might have a business together, you, you wouldn't it, it would probably be more expected that you still live in different houses. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You know, I mean it's you know, it's some children have businesses with their parents or yes, you yes. know or sometimes there's uh people who work in different trades like an electrician the dad's an electrician the son becomes an electrician yeah yeah, so yeah they go like they that. go into business together but um mm-hmm. they wouldn't necessarily live together um you know the, the it, it would be the typical thing would be the child would still have a, another a house and a, a family of their own Unless they, unless they don't, you know, settle down, then they, they might, you know, stay, yeah, yeah, stay home or, or, you know, while they're, while they're young, they still might be stay at home with their parents. But, but, you know, the, the expectation and more often, it's more often the case that yes, they'll, they'll, you know, move out. But, but I agree. I mean, I, I hear the sentiment you're saying about not seeing your parents and, you know, True, that's, yeah. even though, you know, Westerners are, are very, individualistic in our nature mm-hmm. um we still very much um love our parents we still have those emotional ties you know as i mentioned it's actually a really difficult thing for people to you know take their parents to a facility it's 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 heartbreaking when when they have to go um you know children feel heartbroken by this but they realize that they they um can't look after them themselves and 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 um, yeah, realize it is for the best when that happens. Um, better yeah. for the parent as well. 
yeah, but we we still, you know, we're, we're away from our parents. We miss our parents too and um, like to see our parents and even, you know, like children who have their have their parents in, in a in a facility, in, an aged care facility, facility they, they, they want to go and visit them and generally visit regularly. There are exceptions, unfortunately, that um, some children can't because their parents are a long way away, so they can't, if they're in an aged care facility in another city, um they can't visit and sadly um yeah neglect of the elderly does happen um you know some children don't visit their parents when they're in an aged care facility or just don't often don't visit enough you know that happens you know so which is sad Uh, unfortunately there's some yeah yeah there's some truth to that there is yeah that's what you're saying yeah Yeah. it's not the norm but it's not the norm but yeah it does happen and you know Unfortunately, it's a maybe, maybe possibly a, a bit of a growing problem. So, would you be agreeable to sending your parents somewhere else, or yep, you know, it's not really out of the question for you. Okay. No, no, it's mm-hmm. it's not out of the question, and it's um, yeah, it's it's a normal thing to do in our culture. Uh, it's not something would... it's not something I want to do, and mm-hmm. you know, like. I, you know, especially because I live with my parents and, you know, I, I don't know what the future holds, you know, how long I'll, oh, okay. I'll be here, you know, maybe circumstances or, you know, if I get another job somewhere, I might move away again. Um, I really don't know. It's sort of not something I'm planning on. But, yeah, as long as I'm here, I'd, I'd like to continue to look after them as, as long as possible. Uh-huh. And because I've also, because I worked in the aged care industry previously. Yeah. I do have I do have more skills in order to to be able to look after them if it gets to you know that that age but in terms of looking after them until uh until they die you know I don't know if that's that's possible you know I'd like to think I could but you know it's uh-huh. probably not likely you know It feels great to know that you're probably enjoying our banter which is why you're still here with us We'd really love to hear from you, so send us an email or drop by our social media. All those links provided in the description. Send us your culture questions. We would like you to tell us what you want to talk about. And we will listen. Yes, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you think. So bring it on. We can take it. And now, back to our program. Uh, I want to return to the part of my brother's question about Westerners being more accepting of being mm. away from their parents. Because I want to address a question to George. Um, is that your impression too? Yes. But in the it's West, I think due to some, I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. people are, people are working. People are working two, three jobs a day. Uh, it's true. So, I mean, I can understand how, how, how these things can happen and how these facilities are available for them. But in the Philippines, uh, <laughs> the Philippines also is uh, somewhat like that also, but uh, it's more <laughs> like our culture would uh, would let us try to take care of them as, as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, would do, we would sacrifice a lot. We would uh, really go out of our way to keep yeah, them yeah. At, at home so, because I have I have relatives who are uh, living in the U.S. and yes, I do have elderly senior citizen aunts and uncles uh-huh. that are in the, there. In yes, medical wise, they're being taken care of by the government because they have insurance. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I understand from my uh, my cousins. Uh, they're still living with them. They're still living with them. Oh, you you, you mean your cousins uh, accommodate your aunts in, yes, in their houses? Yes, yes. I have I have uh, the, the the eldest my um, their eldest daughter actually Marianne is taking care of them, the both of them, my aunt and uncle. Uh, they're living in Las Vegas, and actually they just gone through some surgeries and and they're in uh, home care right now. So. Mm-hmm. But still, their their mentality is still intact. 
there's oh, no they, sign of yes, there's no sign of uh, dementia or or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. So they're very functional. Yeah, it's easier, if if it's you're easier. functional and you're elderly, I mean, I think the Filipino culture is. Why would I give up my mom and dad? I mean, <laughs> they're still functioning. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't have you don't have to take care of them twenty four hours a day. I think that's our culture in the in the in Asia to hold on to our parents as long as you can. Okay, so from uh, what uh, I understand, uh, George, you know, you, you have this comprehension of how uh, family members can be left. In the care of a nursing facility. Yes, yes, I, I, because I, of your I, uh, experience in. Yes, from my experience at my former work, I I do understand why why families would uh, let their elderly go to a facility because they really need the uh, there's a professional way of taking care of them. Mm-hmm. At least in a facility, there's a uh, medical people around. And professionals helping them out and uh, giving them a better quality of life. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the media has doesn't doesn't really show you what's really <laughs> going on <laughs> uh, in the Western world because you know uh, that- actually uh, in my experience from my experience in Hamad Hospital, most especially in the Arab countries. Most of uh, our uh, long-term patients, uh, our geriatric patients, they, their family would uh, oh. give them to a facility that would take care of them. But, I mean, it's completely understandable because uh, there's some categories of uh, senior citizens or geriatrics that are actually very difficult to handle. I mean, especially with elder, elderly with dementia, with Alzheimer's or with Parkinson's, there's a lot of stress mm-hmm. for a family to give the proper health care for, uh, for these people because of their condition. Because they tend to wander off. They, they live with their own you know, delusion. Yes, yes. They're, they're, sometimes they're, they're, they will wake up and they don't know where they are. So they would act up. They would panic. So there might be some violence or some, uh, some acts that would uh, be very hard for the family members to control. And George said about the, the kind of care that there are professionals looking after them. It's, it's true, you know. A lot of what George said is um, absolutely correct. Uh, in the facilities I've worked in, you know, we have nurses available and part of my job is to, to make sure, you know, that they're, you know, not in any pain and things like that. And we call the nurses and, you know, dress mm-hmm. wounds and do all kinds of different things amongst other duties to make sure that they are well looked after. I mean, uh-huh. when, when they reach a certain, a certain point, mm-hmm. um, where where they're they're sort of I guess too far gone for one of a better term or they're um they're, they're the not children... really in touch with the reality anymore. That's yeah. right, yeah. When yeah. they have dementia and have certain comorbidities due to their yes. age, they are they are better off in a facility. I, I I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think I would argue that there um, are circumstances where facilities are better um, resourced. Uh-huh. and have better training to look after the elderly than, say, children do. Uh-huh. In an ideal world, um, I would say that uh, most elderly are better off in facilities, in these aged care oh, facilities. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not an ideal world. So, <laughs> uh, what, what you're saying is yeah. if the facilities actually, you know, all yes. of them, consistently yes. performed to the degree that they're meant to, Perform. That's correct. Absolutely correct. Yeah, because yep. in, in, in Australia, they do mm. offer you help yeah. or, yeah, or home support care. Home if care. Yep. Uh, uh, we can't look after your parents all the yep. time. Yep. How about you, George? May I just ask you, has it ever crossed your mind that you might be too occupied with running your business that there's a chance for you to 
hand over responsibility over your uh, mother or father or yeah uh, i mean i would i would be open to the thought that if there will come a time that we won't be able to give them the proper uh, treatment or the quality of life that they need. I mean, I'm not closing my doors to that. I mean, it's an option that is very open to me and my sisters. Actually, um, I don't know if Nathan, uh, I don't know how it is in Australia. I mean, me and my sister were talking about it one uh, a couple of days ago. I mean, Nathan, is there a, is there like a daycare center for the elderly? I mean, where where yeah, where children can drop off their great their, yeah their their elder parents in the morning, and you know because the problem with the living with the elderly at home is that especially now during the pandemic they get really bored. Yeah, they get really bored. I mean, my mom my mom just uh, discovered Facebook before the pandemic. Yeah, and that's one of the things that keeps, keeps her going yep. from boredom. And my dad, my dad is old school, so he's been working all his life, and we can't. I mean, during the lockdown, I mean, we've been telling him, "Don't go out, don't go out." But mm. you know, he, he can't help himself. I mean, yeah. keep on going to the garden. Mm. Although our our garden is has a fence or every anything, so. Yep. That's one of the things that we can allow him to do is going towards his wow. garden, yep. take yeah, care of yeah. the plants. Yep. I mean, they get really bored and they have to get uh, occupied, you know, not just yeah, like anyone. That's one of the things my, my me and my sister were talking about. I mean, is there is there a facility that we can bring them, you know, just <laughs> to socialize with other elderly? You know, that's that's what they miss. I mean, before the pandemic, my mom and my dad is really active at, in the church. So oh. they would they would have their Bible studies, their gatherings every week. Oh. But when the pandemic hit, I mean, it was taken all away yeah, from them. I mean, they, they lost mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They couldn't go out and talk with them. And, you know, being the elderly, I mean, they're not that tech savvy. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they can't, they, <laughs> you mm-hmm. can't teach them how to Zoom or yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very hard. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have to, you have to really go out of your way and try to entertain them or else, I mean, they're gonna go nuts sometimes. I mean, <laughs> I think one of the biggest hurdles of Filipinos not open to bringing their fa- their, their parents to uh, healthcare facilities, one thing is that they're emotionally tied to them. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the second reason is the financial aspect of it. I mean, I'm, I want to ask Nathan, I mean, mm-hmm. how much does it cost? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, most, um, I mean, most people in Australia will have, uh, when they retire, will have a, a pension. And so in a lot of facilities, you know, the government does pay for some of it, but also it's the, the expectation is that the person that's going into the facility will be able to pay it the most of it or some of it themselves. And the government sort of fills in the gap. Yeah. Um I can't I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what the average cost is, but it's not cheap. It's not uh, cheap. I mean, no, no. And I mean there and there are also different facilities as well. Like there are private facilities which are, are very expensive, um, which you know you hopefully get better care in, but you know, that's where you pay pay for it yourself. And I mean that's only if you know when someone goes into a facility, they'll probably sell their house. I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, you'll, you'll pay a, a deposit. It's a bit like rent. They pay a, uh, sort of a, a deposit on their their room, and uh, that could be probably quite a few hundred dollars to a couple of thousand dollars. And probably when they die, then the, the children will get that that deposit back, sort of thing. So in some oh. respects, it's a bit it's a bit like rent. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a bit like you know a boarding house. That's sort of the system. You kind of get what you paid for. That that you know, in a more expensive private facility, it's it's better, um, you know, more staff and probably better food and things like that. But yeah, they're they're more expensive. But um, it's also been in the news um, somewhat recently, a few years ago, about these private places overcharging residents. So, Whoa. so that that's that's been a problem. Uh, and the other issue is uh, with aged care in general, 
a few years ago, we had a, a Royal Commission, which was an investigation into the aged care industry, which uncovered a lot of failings in the industry, which is, was really bad. You know, lots of reports in the media about how and a lot of facilities are just not looking after the elderly enough. Um, okay, you know, okay. they're, 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 the standard is too low and, you know, a lot of even elderly were being mistreated. So that is a problem and that, that can't be denied. And I think it's just because our population in, in Australia and the West in general is, is ageing, there's a lot of pressure on, on, oh. on the aged care sector. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and so, you know, there's uh, not enough staff, I, I think, to look after the elderly in these places. And so, yeah, that's... Having worked in the aged care facilities myself, it was it was a lot of pressure. You know, it was um, not enough time to, you know, spend time with residents and to give them the attention they need. So, you know, we we were doing a good job of looking after them, but yeah, it was uh-huh. just very very hard to maintain that standard. Um, and a lot of facilities were falling behind uh, in that regards, which is a real a real shame. So. You know, the government's um, promised to fix this and is, you know, saying they're going to invest billions of dollars to try and fix these problems. So hopefully that, that will happen. Um, so, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, one of the biggest reasons in the Philippines that mm-hmm. that's we're not, we're not going towards... Uh, Institutionalizing, uh, yeah, you know, yes, because uh, our... of the financial burden that yes, that uh, it, it entails with it. Yes. So, like I said before, I mean, as long as I'm healthy and capable of taking care of them, as long as I can, yeah, and that uh, they're they're still active or they're not yes. bedridden, Filipinos would uh, just consider home care or. Yep. or uh, not bringing their parents to the, these kinds of facilities because it's too mm. far too expensive. That's right, yeah. That's a good point. That's Probably. So uh, if I could sort of ask a question to you both, in, in an ideal world, like even though there's the, the cultural factors of different generations living together in Vietnam yeah, and the yeah, Philippines sure, yeah. and other Asian countries, if it wasn't such a financial burden or if Asian people could afford it, would they then... Yeah see putting their parents into an aged care facility as more of an option or is it just something they wouldn't do culturally how about you george yeah that's a, uh, you know, if asian people were, were yeah, wealthier if, would they then yeah, you know? yeah if we had the choice yeah yeah uh yeah um well for me i can't speak with, with uh, i can't speak for all asians and yeah yeah but for me personally uh i would i would you know consider it as an option as a last last resort mm-hmm. if uh if there would come it comes a time that it would be really really be stressful and mm. to give my parents the quality of care that they need at home yeah i would i would really mm. be open to putting them in a facility yeah. Yeah. To, for them to get a better care and if i can afford it and why not i mean yep. like i said i mean I was asking about a concept of a daycare for elderly. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's not very common. Uh, it does, it's not very common, right? Yeah, there, there, there are, I guess, a few places like that around. And I, I know someone from my, my church who's mm. that is elderly, and he, he takes him to a sort of a, a daycare facility place maybe only once or twice a week. But, mm. you know, it's um, they're not very – and there are different things people can do as they're older, there's there's a a popular thing in Australia called men's shed where men can get together and do woodwork and things like yeah. that. And yeah, and, because and that's not necessarily they need to socialize. They need yeah, to it's a social thing. Yeah, it's it's not really an age care thing. Any man yeah, can yeah. join from any age, but mm-hmm. there are different things like around to you know accommodate for people. Yeah, age well, care so, people yeah, to spend their time. The- but of, of course, there there are people that are. Are still able to get out and about and do things, of course. So they're yeah. not they're not that at that point where they need to be looked after twenty four hours a day, sort of thing. Yeah, precisely. So going back to your question, yeah, mm. I, I would I would be open to that mm. scenario that uh, there would be a time that when I, I I won't be able to give my parents the quality care that they deserve. Yep. I would I would be open to a facility that can take care of them and probably just visit them as much as I can. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And for me personally, I mean, if my if my children can take care of me, also, I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I, I I would rather I would rather <laughs> them bring me to a facility than give them the burden of taking care of me. Likewise, so yeah, it, me too. In a perfect world, when it's it's really affordable, why not? You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. that's just the fact of life. I mean, everybody's going to uh-huh. get old, and if there's a possibility to live. The quality of life that you can live until you expire is is uh, option uh, is available. I mean, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Hi, we're glad that you're enjoying our episode up to this point. But we would also like to know what you think. What other stuff would you like us to discuss in the future? We'd really love to hear from you. So send us an email or drop by our social media. All those links provided in the description. And by the way, if you want to rate us on whatever platform you're on, please, please go ahead. And now, back to our program. I've had the privilege of uh, seeing how my family took care of our elderly and also experiencing how my grandmother was admitted to a care facility run by a Christian organization. And so I got to see both. And for me, uh, drawing upon what both of you have already described, I would rather to get the best of both worlds. It's like uh, when the sons and daughters are away, at least you can leave them to, like George said, Something like a daycare center that's really uh, responsible and uh, diligent with treating the elderly. Because from what I've been hearing, there's really not much difference between the Westerners and the Asians when it comes to their elderly. We, we both care for them very much and uh, we both uh, like them to stay around. It's just that there are two ways of going about it. And mm. two ways of going about it doesn't necessarily mean one is greater than the other. It's no. just that, you know, you, you can let them stay at home and still do the best you can. Or yeah. you can allow them into another facility, but still do the best you can to make them feel welcome. Mm-hmm. So I would uh, actually tell my brother that uh, you can do either one, but you can do the worst for them either way or the best for them either way. That's I mean, true. They, they, yep. they can still stay in your home, but they might still be open to abuse. Who knows, right? I mean, that's, it's totally yeah, possible. That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that happens, you know. That happens yeah. also. I, I also know of many stories where Filipinos, unfortunately, mm-hmm. also neglect and, and abuse their elderly, yep. even Correct. though they, they stick to the, to the culture. Which makes me think maybe it was better if these elderly were actually somewhere else instead yeah. of with their sons and daughters because that's that's where they get abused or neglected. That's why uh, the, the the financial burden comes in. I mean, it's not that it's not that that they don't love them anymore. They're just pinned down into a corner. I mean, because of the stress and the anxieties and the the hardship that that they have taken care of them. I mean, that's where a neglect comes in. It does happen in Australia too, you know. There is uh, one facility um, in a sort of a a rural town in Australia. I saw this on a a current affairs program in Australia that was set up Mm. for because that was happening, you know, know, homeless elderly people. Yeah. And it is something that is a growing problem. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just because there's stress on on the the whole aged care sector in Australia, just because our population's aging and you know people are living longer, and you know we can't build build more facilities fast enough to accommodate everyone, and um, and sadly, yeah, some children don't care enough for the elderly, so mm-hmm. you know they just uh, abuse them. Sadly, yeah, it's not it's not the norm, but it happens. Yeah, it's so sad hearing about these, but. I still find it uh, very heartening to learn that, at least for the three of us, we're in a good situation, even mm-hmm. in the midst of uh, this lockdown. 
Mm-hmm. And I would also tell the viewers and the listeners, you know, I mean, if you're in the midst of a lockdown, just like us, you know, it's really a privilege to be with your elders, or at least a privilege to know that your elders are being taken care of very well. Yeah. yeah. I would really like to hear from the listeners, from the audience, what do you think uh, about your own circumstances? Would you actually uh, be welcome to send your elders to another facility that would have all the resources uh, to give them their health needs? Or would you just rather keep your uh, elderly at home? We've heard a lot of sad stories here, but we've also heard a lot of uh, very comforting stories like that of George and your mom. Sorry, your mom and dad. I hope they're both coping. I mean, in spite of the uh, <laughs> yes, uh, the lockdown. Especially, especially my mom. I mean, she's a trooper. I mean, there were times that she wanted to give up, but you know, we had to be there and tell her that you know you can't you can't give up. You have to fight because of the chemo. She was feeling anxious and due to the side effects of the chemo, she was really depressed at one point and. Uh, I'm so happy that she's she's pulled through and she's cleared now and she's now recovering and uh, you know amidst the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, in in the middle of something. Like yes, in the middle of a pandemic, and thank God that God has been protecting her for for the past year and a half, and especially my my dad also. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, everything's uh, going well every day. I mean, there are times that you know. We had to keep on reminding him that it's yeah. still the pandemic and uh, <laughs> you have to take care. You have to wear your mask when you go mm-hmm. to the garden. And yeah, I'm just I'm just glad that I'm here. I'm here to, to yeah, take care as much as here. I can, me and my sister, especially my mom. I mean, we're so happy that, you know, that she got through that. And, and you, Nathan, I mean, mm-hmm. you're... Parents are healthy and healthy. I I I would hope even yeah, in are. this yep. lockdown. Yep. Yes, they are. Um, you know, we've all had our vaccinations, so we're we're doing well on that front. So no problems here. <laughs> do you see them uh, enjoying their retirement? Uh, they do. Yeah. Yep, they do. Yep. Uh, uh, they keep keeping busy and always have things to do. You know. Yeah. Dad's, uh painting the kitchen at the moment. So. Um, he enjoys that and mum enjoys telling him what colour to paint it and things like that (laughs) your mum's enjoying bossing your dad around yeah 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 so yeah and actually yesterday was their 50th wedding anniversary so yeah so it was a milestone happy anniversary yeah so Oh man, it's it's been wonderful hearing both of your stories. But what I can take away from this really is that um, even if you are from an Asian culture or from a Western culture, you know it's really possible to take care of your elders very well, yeah. however way you would want to go through it. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. it's not necessarily worse to see them in a facility or worse to keep them at home. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily better mm-hmm. either way. I mean, you could mix the both of them. Mm-hmm. The important thing is, you know, you get to enjoy each other's love, each yep. other's company, uh, yeah. each yep. other's yep. bond. Yeah, the, the, I think it's all about, like, you know, having a, you know, if you're a good son or you're, if you're a good yeah. daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even even it's in America or Australia, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a good son or you're a good daughter, I mean, you take care of them. Yep. That's yeah, the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I hate to say it, but incontinence is really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I really don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I worked in, you know, I worked yeah, in two, yeah. two aged care facilities. So, yes, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I hear you. I know what it is. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> will go through that. Don't worry. Yeah, that's right. We are going so, to go through that. And, that's exactly and right. I, I really wouldn't want to stain the memory of any kids I might have or <laughs> yep. Stain is exactly the right word to use. <laughs> again, yep. again, thank you very much. It's, it's, it's been a wonderful discussion. I hope to hear from the listeners in the audience. You know, mm-hmm. just 
just tell us your experiences, especially now. You might still be listening during the lockdowns. I mean, has it been enjoyable living with your parents? <laughs> <laughs> Some people might uh, really need to send their parents off, but they can't because it's a lockdown. And some of you might even want to visit your parents, but you can't That's because right. it's still so, a lockdown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us all about it. I mean, did anything from our discussion change your mind? Are you still sticking to your guns? Do you now appreciate our differences more? And to my brother, you know, thank you for the question. Thank you, George. I really enjoyed your stories about Vietnam mm. and your own family, uh, you know, what, what's also happening to you in the Philippines. Yeah, me too. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a pleasure. Nathan, it was so wonderful to to have you here again. We're, we're going to, you know, we're going to do some more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've enjoyed yeah. it as always. So uh, looking forward to the next one. On that note, we'll just send everyone our goodbyes. We're going to see you again. Uh, we'll, see you next time. We will keep you unchucked. Thank That's you. Right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to our third episode. If you enjoyed our program, give us your honest rating, subscribe to us, and drop by our social media and send us your comments and suggestions. This episode was edited and mixed by myself, Reggie. I was joined by Nathan Wilson and George Bonifacio, who owns Cafe Saigon, that's C-A-P-H-E, an absolutely top-notch Vietnamese restaurant in Manila, Philippines. Find out more about them with the links on our description. Our music was provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Thank you, sir. We're coming back with a fourth episode. Let's give a listen to our new question. Hello, I'm Sofia from the Philippines. So, I have a question about African tribes or, well, to be more politically correct, ethnic groups. How do these African tribes or ethnic groups today fit in and function in the current social and political structures across the African nations? Until next time, let's all keep getting unshocked.